Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. The Naked Gun Two and a Half is the second film in the Naked Gun franchise. Uh, a movie uh, that uh, the first movie, well, I guess the subtitle, let me do that. The, uh, the Smell of Fear doesn't really have much to do. The subtitle has little to nothing to do with this movie at all. Uh, not quite as funny as the first film. The first film, uh, I had a ridiculousness uh, meter of about 13. Like the amount of ridiculousness in that movie was, was three above the highest amount. Uh, whereas this one, I would say it's at around a nine. Uh, it doesn't have as much... The frequency of jokes is not nearly as much. The, the amount of things, of ridiculous things that they keep adding in and adding in that they did in the first movie is pretty absent in this movie. There's a few scenes that kind of have that same feel as the first movie, but overall uh, a step down as far as humor. Uh, and also kind of a bummer, the premise of this movie uh, is a bit of a bummer. It's basically uh, you have Lieutenant Frank Drebin who is trying to find out um, or his, his, his ex-girlfriend is now with uh, this scientist guy that the president, uh, the first Bush, the old George Bush, not, not the one that, that lied about weapons of mass destruction and put us into a decade-plus-long war in the Middle East, uh, the one that tried to do it before, during Desert Storm, uh, the original George Bush, George Herbert Bush, Herbert Walker, is that the name? Anyway, that Bush is, in pres is the president in this, and, that, and for some reason, that Republican president is putting all of his faith into a scientist uh, when it comes to the energy policy of America, right? Completely fictional premise that a, a a republican president would at at any time like agree with science uh especially it, for the energy policy versus which which that upsets a cabal which there's another cabal instead of like a cabal of of world leaders now it's a cabal of the different industries that will be impacted uh by a, a clean energy energy policy you have the oil, you have the coal, and the nuclear uh, energy industries uh, forming this cabal, wanting to get rid of this scientist. Uh, and then we find out something happens, and then, you know, of course, Frank Drebin gets mixed in it. But the whole premise from a movie that came out in 1991 about how the environment is screwed that these industries of oil and coal and nuclear are bad. They are bad for the environment, especially, like, obviously oil is kind of the one that's still around in mass. There's big issues with that right now with gas prices 30-plus years later. Coal industry is kind of gone. Nuclear is still around, but it doesn't take much. I mean, we saw what happened in Japan. We all saw, we all know what happened in Russia with Chernobyl. Like, that can go bad in a big way. 
but they're they're the new cabal that are trying to keep this scientist from convincing the president to go with solar to go with clean renewable energy right and we're still fighting for that today like solar and wind farms and all of these things that that are good for the environment are shit on constantly by the republican party by everybody that's paid by lobbyists of the the gas and oil industries which is sad like this movie has a joke that like oh there's going to be electric cars solar powered electric cars 30 years ago we barely have electric cars now barely <clears throat> thankfully teslas came out which kind of the the one good thing that elon musk did is that they made he made electric cars trendy in a way that finally other car manufacturers followed that trend because i think back in like maybe the late 90s there was an electric car that kind of got shut down there's a documentary about who killed the electric car i think it's the name of the documentary and it showed like some one of the american car companies tried to come out with an electric car but got shut down by the the oil industry by the the you know by this the same what would have been the cabal in this movie so the fact that like we're still living in the same reality of 30 plus years ago was kind of a bummer and the fact that this movie didn't have the amount of jokes that the first one had kind of a bummer this one this one also had clear references to movies that i did not get which, because I didn't get, I didn't find them funny. The only movie reference in this entire film that I got was the ghost pottery wheel scene that we've all seen. I, and I would imagine, at least if you're my age, if you're 40, you've seen Ghost. Maybe some young people haven't seen Ghost yet. But there was a, a scene that had been parodied in so many movies. That's the only one I recognize in this movie. But there's definitely stuff in this that, that references that I didn't get, uh, which I didn't get the jokes. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Now you can wear The Many Faces, original art by Ray Taylor. Select pieces from the ongoing series of abstract ink paintings. All products made with high quality materials, made right here in the USA. Go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch to browse the entire collection and save yourself an extra 10% when you check out by using coupon code RTS. TMF. So once again, go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTSTMF. And now back to our show. But yeah, it's it's insane that the premise of this movie is still could you could easily have that as a reference today. I mean, maybe not the coal coal company, but it would be like it would be like the fracking industry. And then you have just the regular oil drilling industry and then also nuclear. But it's like, I don't think I, you don't really hear a big push for nuclear energy. It's mostly fossil fuels. Could still be 30 plus years. What I do enjoy is the comedy, the the kind of it's it's not just like stupid is funny. 
it's like stupid in a way where you take everything literally is funny and that's kind of what i don't and i didn't notice it as much in the first one and maybe there was that that taking things literally as being funny uh that lieutenant frank drebin does but definitely in this one it, it's it was noticeable maybe because they didn't have the amount of jokes uh that the first movie had uh it, it just i enjoyed it i i appreciated the kind of using being overly literal because it's something i do as a way to be funny is just to take people literally for what they say and it's probably more of a dad jokey kind of a way to do to be to be funny uh norberg is in this oj is in this again uh but this time i mean it's it's whereas the first one it was funny like to see him getting beat up especially knowing who oj becomes uh doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that he killed somebody or killed two people uh allegedly you know he got away with it um definitely like if you were to compare people that got away with murder you have oj simpson and you have kyle rettenhouse like there is video of kyle rettenhouse murdering people and he got away with it but we still know oj probably did it like we we saw everybody saw the trial we saw all the evidence there's documentaries maybe it was his son maybe but he had an involvement in it but just like kyle rettenhouse but that's the difference between being, you know, a superstar athlete that is black and just being a white kid. That the white kid, you have video evidence of murder uh, and uh, like traveling across state line. Mom giving him a little field trip to go murder people with cl the clear intent to murder people because he took his assault rifle. Got away with it. But in this movie, the scenes with... Uh, with uh, what's his face with Norberg feels more like this movie is just punishing black people like because he's the only black character in I don't th I don't know if, if there was any other black people in the first movie but for, for sure he's like the only black dude in this movie and he is tortured right you know of course knowing OJ Simpson horrible person whatever but just as a black actor in this time 1991 he hadn't killed anybody yet it just feels like he is a black character that's just being tortured because it's funny to watch a black character be tortured it kind of feels bad where the first movie i didn't feel bad because there was more jokes in it and they try to do a thing with this where it's like jokey but it's like kind of just sad because he's kind of stupid and I, it just it really felt more like a, a black character being tortured than funny scenes exaggerated funny scenes like in the first one there's also a line in this which you could read this line two ways and it's a line where they're like at a uh uh the the reception where the president is going to announce this scientist who's going to uh, tell everybody what the the energy policy is going to be for the U.S. Right, and the cabal has somebody impersonating the scientist uh, to to tell everybody it's like we should stick with oil and and all of the things that are bad for the environment. But in the whole hubbub of that event, there is this line 
where because of Frank Drebin drove a tank through a wall of a zoo earlier in the film, all of these wild animals got loose. And there's this line told to Frank Drebin that the streets are being overrun with baboons. And then Frank Drebin's Frank Drebin says, well, isn't that the voters' fault? And then there's a literal rim shot, like live music in the background, right when he says that line, you know, just, just clear rim shot for what he said. And then the band goes back to playing what he said. Um, now, you could take that because this character is this movie, like it's hard to understand what the politics of this movie is. Because it's talking a lot about politics, obviously. Now, having a Republican president giving a shit about the environment doesn't seem right. But then there's a lot of jokes about how, like, you know, there's one of, at, towards the end of this movie, there's, like, Frank Drebin's like, I have this dream that the Democratic Party will give us a candidate worth voting for. Which is something that... Come, would come from somebody who's liberal, I would imagine. Like, as somebody who's liberal, even 30-plus years later, I would have preferred another Democratic president than Biden. I mean, I've taken shits that are more presidential than the former President Trump, but as far as somebody who I'd want to be in office and who I think could do something good with this country would be Bernie Sanders, 100%. Or Elizabeth Warren, I think is her name. Um, she's the Green Party. Uh, but Bernie Sanders, 100%. But of course, he's not, he's not going to make it because he's not in the pocket of all these industries like so many Democrats are, like all of the conservative party is. So this movie has this feeling of like coming from a place of like liberal, like having liberal ideas, despite the fact that it's a conservative president that like cares about the environment for some reason. But then there's this line, and the, the fact that this line, now this line could be, I don't remember the, the temperature of society back when the first Bush was president. I don't know if it's similar to when Trump got president where all of the, the MAGA people just kind of they really felt emboldened and, and justified in being the most hateful people. And I could, I could see those people, especially during the pandemic, where they were just like out and out in arms about everything that had to do with giving a fuck about their fellow man. I could see those people being considered baboons, right? I could see MAGA being considered the baboons running wild in the streets and that being the fault of the voters for voting in Trump, right? That's one way you could, like, take that joke. But traditionally, from more of a racist standpoint, racist joke standpoint, which this movie has a little bit more racial humor in it than the first one. I didn't notice any in the first one, but for sure it's in this one. It could be taken, like, baboons, monkeys, tend to be referred to african-american to black people and frank drebin is kind of like that he plays like an old white guy obviously he's an old white guy who's like your grandpa who's like 
votes Democrat, but still says things that are mildly racist, which is like, if you were to take like a scenario like Frank Drebin would have been one of those people where it's like, oh, it's horrible what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, you just see the faces and the, the blonde hair and the blue eyes and you just feel sympathy for him. Like they just say like racist things. They think they're being compassionate, but they're actually being racist. Like that's who Frank Drebin seems like. So it's like you could see him making a racist joke. Like it's the voters problem that like, because it, it could easily be like the, the baboons running the street are criminals running the street, right? If from a conservative point of view, if this was a conservative joke made by like, the, like Ron DeSantis in Florida, like I could see Ron DeSantis, like somebody going to Ron going like, oh, like all of these, the city is overrun with baboons, right? And, and Ron DeSantis going, well, that's the fault of the voters replying, you know, from the standpoint of like oh people of color bab quote-unquote baboons to racist conservative people are running the streets because these voters aren't shutting down the border because these voters put in uh, a soft president i don't know so the politics the angle for which these jokes are taken so that joke could be like really funny if you were to take it as the baboons are the these maga people who are running the streets which is true you know you see they're insane people uh or it could be taken as super racist so i don't know it's it's weird it's a weird thing join inspired disorder plus today head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And the only real time where they crank up the ridiculousness in this movie is during is right after that ghost scene. I mean, that ghost scene is part of this long montage of like sexual innuendo B-roll. Like any kind of B-roll footage that you could have that when you look at it would could be a sexual innuendo like a train going into a tunnel, like oil drills pumping the ground, like rockets shooting off into space, like fireworks and like anything that could be sexualized. Uh, which is funny. Like it's, it was like, and it went on forever. It's like, that's what all of the jokes were like in the first movie. And in this movie, it really just reserved it for like that one scene. And it's a bummer because I enjoyed the first movie more than I enjoyed this. Uh, but that scene, that sex scene was funny. Like not since the, uh, the, um, marionette sex scene in the, uh, team America world police. Uh, that was a funny sex scene as well. Uh, and I know there's another spoof movie that has funny, but that's more referential to other 
uh, movies. Uh, but anyway, that was funny, that sex scene. Uh, and there's another, one other line joke in the end of this movie that is a bit racist as well. And that is Frank Drebin having a dream to walk into a 7-Eleven without needing an interpreter. You know, it's just sad. It's just, it, it really is like this old white guy character who says things racistly, you know, says racist things accidentally, or maybe not accidentally, but just says these like mildly racist things, uh, thinking because his life is mildly like changed or, or, or affected by the fact that he doesn't speak the same language as somebody that might be working at a 7-Eleven. So a little bit more racist in this movie, a little bit less funny, actually quite a bit less funny, I would say. You have a premise that is a bummer, that we are still in the year 2022, dependent on oil and not as much coal, but uh, definitely nuclear is still around as well. Green energy is the villain still in 2022. And the technology's gotten better. Like, all the green energy has gotten only gotten better over time, and we're still relying on all this stuff that, like, funds the worst countries in the world. So, a little bit of a bummer. I'm interested to see how the third one works. I'll be reviewing and talking about Naked Gun 33 and a third. So we'll see. Maybe the comedy gets better. But I, I, this one really felt like a step down and ultimately kind of felt like a bummer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check it out if you want. It's the Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com and follow the show on Instagram, at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.